<clears throat> amen, amen. Battles, who is fighting yours? That is the title of today's sermon. And what we're going to focus on today. Do you believe that the Lord never loses a battle? Do you believe that God has the ultimate victory? It may seem strange and also impossible for God to win every time, but I believe that he does. And I believe that he helps us win as well when we fight with him when we fight in his name. In troubled times, are you uncertain? Do you have difficulty when trouble comes your way? What is it that you do? Do you fight in faith? Do you fight with God? Or do you retreat back in fear? Do you shrink back and hide? I asked last night a few people, I asked on Facebook last night, um, people to share their victories. And um, I got a couple of responses. And I'm gonna share them with you. One of them is a victory that we feel that we've had with our newest born, Nora. Um, Emotionally and physically, um, we believe that God was fighting for her um, because the day that she was born, we thought that she was maybe having seizure activities um, and she was having trouble breathing and stuff. Um, so they sent her to the NICU. And so that was really emotional for Katie and I. And that was something that we prayed, had prayed over, other people prayed over, and we saw the victory because no one saw seizure-like activities after that day, and she was only in the NICU for a few days, so we praised the Lord so much for her quick and miraculous recovery. And the second victory that I want to share with you is from another person in our congregation um, and they feel like they finally understand that they are a child of God and God is for them. They realize that they are to please the heavenly father first and foremost and not struggle with rejection or fear from other people that they are not supposed to be pleasing other people in order to feel whole in themselves. So we praise God for that victory, for that battle won. And I'm gonna share a personal one with me. Um, I have struggled with a lot of things in my life and I think a battle that has been won is in my pride. Um, I've thought a lot of myself and I thought a lot of less of myself at the same time. So I've really focused on self 
in my life. I haven't focused on God. And what I think has brought me through is the prayer and God's angels fighting for me. Like, whom shall we fear? The God of angel armies is on our side. He was there fighting for me to realize my place in him. That I am not higher than anyone else. That I am not lower than anyone else. That I am not higher than him at all. That I am his son, his beloved son, in whom he is working in and through me to heal me, to make me better, and to reach others as well. Now, where did I get this battle from? Where did I get this battle won victory from God? It comes from scripture. Scripture tells us that God in his almighty love wins the victory every time. And in Romans 8, 31 through 39, God says, nothing can separate us from his love. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? And since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own. No one for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus has raised, has died for us and has was raised his life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Now, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death. Well, as the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like the, like the sheep. No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries for tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God's love. God's love has no boundaries. It has no height, no depth, no width. It's immeasurable. We see that throughout scripture. And we know that in our experience as well. God has no boundaries when it comes to his love. He loves you and me unconditionally. That means without condition, without prerequisite, without constant reapplying to say that we need God's love. No, he loves us unconditionally. 
And that means that we can live a life full of his love. And we can have no fear in losing that love from God because nothing can separate us from him. No evil power, no scary thing in life, no personal illness, no personal sin, no worldly thing can ever separate us from God's love. And no good thing can ever separate us from God's love either. No amount of good works and charity and kindness and gentleness and love towards others can separate us from God's love either. We can't do anything to be separated from God's love. We are here on this earth to be loved and to love others. Now, what does separate mean? Talked a lot about that in that passage. Nothing can separate us. But what does that really mean? Where does that come from? Separate in the Greek from korezo means to place room between or to specifically to depart or to go away. So the word separate can be used in the word that's used for divorce in scripture. So when a man and a wife divorce each other, they separate, they depart, they place room between each other. They say, we don't want to be together anymore, so we're going to separate. Manly ties can be separated, as we see all the time with relationships and with companies and with people groups. We see separation all the time, but nothing can separate us from God's love. And the word separate, that word right there, Corezo, that is found 13 times in 12 verses in the New Testament. So that's a little fun fact about the word separate and how powerful of a word it is. I mean, think of divorce, think of death, think of something that separates something from something else entirely. Um, I also think of when people split um, chemical compounds and other things together too, from my science background, or during anatomy and physiology, when we, um, a little graphic, but when we um, learn to separate out muscle groups from one another and look at structures within animals, I think of separating like that. But when God says separate, he means a separation that seems complete and whole and something entire. And that's not something that we want because God will not allow anything to go between us and his love. And you might be saying, Aaron, but I don't always feel his love. And I say, I understand. I don't always feel his love either. But no sin, even though we might pile it up we might turn our back on God, but he's still going to be there with his arms open wide, ready for us to ask for forgiveness and to turn back around to him. Nothing can separate us from his love. And now let's go to verse 37. Let's talk about that victory. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Victory belongs to the Lord. 
We must trust in God's power enough to know that he will win the fight. So whatever battle you're facing, whatever fight you're in, whatever fight you know someone else is in, God will win that fight. It may not look like a win to us, but it's a win to God. I just want to remind us that. And we must allow ourselves to be loved fully by God. And then we must allow ourselves and fit ourselves with the full armor of God. And we must fight our true enemy. Victory belongs to the Lord. Now let's go to Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. You might recognize this passage, same as you might have recognized the other passage. These are very popular passages because of how true and how applicable they are to everyday life. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 says, the whole armor of God. Final word, Paul says in his letter to the Ephesians. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the evil. One, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in times of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on the helmet of salvation and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. The armor of God. Paul describes an armor so that the Ephesians might be able to see a Roman centurion, a Roman guard in their armor, in their mind's eye, so they may be able to visualize. And for us today, it's a little harder for us to imagine that but we've seen pictures and we've studied history and we know what things look like. Well, let's talk about each of those pieces of armor. The armor of God consists of the body armor of righteousness or the breastplate of righteousness. So that's that big piece that goes in the front and the back. That is something that would, would perfect, protect our vital organs, our heart and our lungs and our liver and our stomach and our kidneys all things that we need to process properly in our bodies, um, in our torso. That breastplate and that body armor of righteousness spiritually is right living. That is something that we do when we live for God. When we say, hey, I'm for you, God, and I'm going to live rightly. We can use that to fight our battles. And the belt of truth. It holds up not only the sword of the spirit, when we're not ready, when we're not ready to use it, but it also holds up our lower extremity coverings, so pants, or in the time of a Roman centurion, it was a leather um, skirt type thing, and it holds up our vulnerabilities and protects our weaknesses. So when we have the sword, the belt of truth. 
we know the truth of God's love. When we walk around with that on, we can be confident that the truth will hold us up. Moving down towards the feet. The sandals of the gospel, of the good news. Those are the fast feet of peace. They help us. Shoes help our feet stay protected from the elements of the ground. And they can help us run faster as well. And that means that we must run the race set before us, living in the gospel. And living that gospel out in peace, not in fear or in division. When we have those our feet fitted with the gospel of peace, that means that we are standing firm in the peace of God. And we are spreading peace as well as we go along fighting our battles. And the shield of faith is used to block out and put out those attacks of the enemy. So when Satan comes in saying something like, you suck, or you're the worst, or that person thinks you're the worst, or God doesn't love you, or you're not going to be able to get out of this situation, you're going to be stuck here forever, all of these things, we can block it with our faith and we say, no, Satan, no evil ones. God is going to win the victory. And I know this. So I'm going to block it for you. Block these things from hitting me in the heart and from staying true in my mind. They're all lies and they're going to be, they're going to be taken away. And remember, faith overcomes fear and uncertainty. When you have faith in what God has for you, you will not have fear. You will not be uncertain. You will be confident in him. The helmet of salvation. Now, this is what protects our mind and our head. Our protection and assurance that God is on our side. It is the thing that protects probably our most vital organ other than our heart is our brain. It keeps everything going. And spiritually, when we protect our mind, when we guard it, we don't allow the evil thoughts and the lies to get in. And we are assured through Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord, that God is for us. And also wearing it, it demonstrates our loyalty to Christ. It says, we're for God. We're with Jesus. Come at me, Satan. And finally, the sword of the spirit. And this is the word of God, our true weapon against the enemy. And this is a weapon that we must use every single day or that sword will get dull and not be able to be used very well. We pick up our sword and we sharpen it when we read scripture every day, when we meditate on it, when we pray. Lord God, I pray that we read our word consistently so that we may sharpen our swords to fight the battles that are set before us. Are you battle ready? After talking about all this armor, do you have those pieces? Do you have the assurance of salvation? Are you right living? Do you have a shield of faith? Do you have a sword of the spirit? Are your feet fitted with the gospel of peace? Is your belt tied up with the belt of truth? Are you really fighting the true enemy? 
that scripture said that our true enemy is the evil ones of this world. And the scripture before said that that evil of this world cannot separate us from God's love. But sometimes they try to get in the way. So what are you doing to fight them? Are you truly fighting them? Or are you fighting yourself? Or are you fighting other people? Who is really against you in this situation? Is it that one coworker who seems to be on your case? Or is that just maybe a clash of personalities and there's a way to work it out in peace? Is Satan really trying to get to you through that person? Or you work in customer service or something like that and there are people that have come in and they seem to be making you fight battles. But are they really against you? No, they're not. When you're alone at home and you're tempted by things, who is really against you? It's not out there. It's the evils of this world. It is Satan himself. He is really against you. It's not you against yourself, although you can try to be. But Satan will use anything and everything to take you down. I know. I've been there. I may be there again, but I know that the battle won is God's, and he is the one who wins the victory. Who is for you? In Romans, it says that God is for us, and who can be against us if God is for us? For God is almighty, and God is powerful, and God is the one who wins the victory, and God is the one who loves us so much that we can't be separated from him. He is for you. The one who loves you is for you. Do not forget this. Are you battle ready? And how do you fight if you fight? Do you fight by yourself and in your own power? Do you fight with others? Like I, some scenarios I mentioned before, there are people involved. Do you fight with those people? Or do you allow God's truth and love to fight for you? Do you try and pull those punches by yourself? Do you try to stand on your own two feet without your shoes on? Without all your body armor on? Do you try to stand your ground? And do you get knocked down then when you try to do it yourself? Do you try and pull those punches? Well, I'm here to tell you you shouldn't. You should be fitted with the body armor and be ready to fight. But what you're fighting with is with scripture and with prayer and with truth and reassurance of God's love. Are you a prayer warrior? Do you pray? Do you pray things through? Do you call upon God? Do you intercede on behalf of others? Do you pray long periods of time for things to be answered yes to or to hear the truth that it might be no or that it might be wait? Do you accept those things? And do you pray? start praying then for something else? Or are you an occasional prayer? Do you just pray at meals? Or maybe once a day when you go to bed. I know that I have struggled in becoming a true prayer warrior. 
but I know that God is winning the victory. Every time I pray, every time I pray for my family, every time I pray for myself, every time I pray for people in the city to come to know him, I know that one more angel is being sent out to fight the evils of this world. And I know that I can continually put on that body armor and pray and be a part of the battle to win in the victory. How do you fight your battles? Prayer is a powerful weapon. Verse 18 of Ephesians 6 says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Don't lose sight of praying. Pray consistently. Pray continually. Pray on every occasion that you can. For the battle belongs to the Lord. And you must pray to the Lord and say, this battle is yours, Lord. I cannot fight this on my own. Please fight for me. The battle belongs to the Lord. Are you battle ready? Are you ready to give up yourself to pray? Are you ready to be fitted with the body armor of God to fight against the evils of this world and not against other people, but to bring peace and love to others? And that is the sermon in a sentence. The battle belongs to the Lord. Are you battle ready? In Romans, we learned that no weapon formed can stand against us if God is for us. And God is for us. We've got to walk around with that confidence that God is for us. And that God's love cannot be separated by any power. Any evil power cannot separate us from God's love. And that we must be battle ready at all times. We must pray without ceasing. And that victory belongs to the Lord. Every time a battle is won, we praise God. Every time a child is healed, every time a person knows their truth in God, and then they feel like they are confidently a child in him, that's a victory that's won. Every time an addiction is broken and new healing has been set, up, set out for that person, victory belongs to the Lord. Whenever someone um, gets that job or gets that house or heals a broken relationship between family members, that victory belongs to the Lord for he has been fighting with you and for you the whole time. And I don't want you to forget it. The battle belongs to the Lord. Are you battle ready? And finally, do you believe it? Do you believe that the battle belongs to the Lord and that he has won the victory? Do you believe it? I know I do. I've been convinced throughout my life and I want to be convinced even more so every time something happens. I want to look through those victories in God. I want to see what it's like to live battle ready for God. Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for what you've done for us. 
Thank you so much for this battle that you've won in each of our lives. I pray that Christ is enough for us and that we know Christ's love for us. And God, I pray a prayer of blessing over everyone as they leave or as they watch this later. I pray that they learn that you are love and that you love them. And that that battle that they're facing, you, you're, you're gonna win the victory. They just need to trust you and learn to follow you. Lord, your blessings of peace and love overall. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go in peace.